doesn't love sticking it to the man? Who doesn't love the classic David versus Goliath story? The little guy versus the big guy. The guy that has nothing but everything to fight for and the guy that has everything and nothing to fight for. And then the two go at it and the little guy wins. It's the classic American tale. We all love it. And we're watching that story play out right now in real time. And I'm talking about this GameStop stock story. If you're not familiar with it, I'll give you kind of the 30,000-foot view of it. Uh, GameStop is a retail store where you can go buy, sell, and trade video games. Uh, and this, the the business model for GameStop has been a traditional kind of brick and mortar. You come in, you walk out with a with a cartridge, go home and play with it. You bring your cartridge in, you sell it to them, they sell it back. It's a very different from the e-commerce world in which we live today. So for the last few years... GameStop stock has not performed very well, and you've got uh, insiders in the business who have been kind of forecasting the demise of GameStop for for some time now. Uh, and just within the last few weeks, we had hedge fund managers on Wall Street that were basically predicting uh, the demise of GameStop and therefore devaluing the stocks. and And I've got somebody who's going to come because I'll be honest, all this stuff is way over my head. I mean, I. Kind of know a little bit about the stock market. I have 401ks. I have that kind of stuff, but I'm not a day trader and I don't really follow this stuff as closely as others. But this story caught my attention because people are talking about it. And like I said, I think it kind of looks like a David versus Goliath. So back to the story. Uh, We've talked about Reddit and what Reddit is. And if you know Reddit, you know what a subreddit is. So there's a subreddit of of guys and people uh, that talk specifically about stocks and they try and, you know, share tips and what's, you know, what's, what do we think is going to uh, increase in value? What's going to, what's going to tank, you know, that kind of thing. So there's, there's some, 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 uh, a community, if you will, of people talking about the stock market and stocks, not your traditional investors, mind you. So if I understand correctly, a lot of these people were following this stuff and they saw what was happening to GameStop's stock and they decided to kind of counteract that and get as many people as they could to buy the stock, thus increasing the value. And as Mike Lester is going to explain to us in a few minutes, uh, that has screwed a lot of hedge fund managers and it has uh, really caused uh, a significant ripple effect in the market. Uh, and, and just today, you have these smaller scale trading platforms like Robinhood and uh, TD Ameritrade now uh, limiting what stocks can be traded on their platform. So now you can't buy GameStop's stock. So, like I said, I know enough to be dangerous when it comes to this stuff, but I don't know enough to do an entire podcast about it. And I really don't feel like I know enough to formulate my own intelligent opinion on this just because I don't understand. And like I said, on the surface, it sounds like a great story, sticking it to the man. I mean, how many of these Wall Street hotshots have made millions of dollars on our backs? So when you hear a story about this, you know, Reddit users cause a stock value to surge. Uh, crushing hedge fund managers, you know, by when you hear that story, at least you read the headline, you're like, that's a really great story. So I wanted to get an expert's, not just his opinion, I want Mike Lester to educate us. And he is the owner of Talent Wealth Management. He also hosts uh, an expert show here on WDBO, you can hear on the weekend. So when we uh, need an expert, so to speak, we try to reach out to our expert. So that's why I reached out to him. But uh, 
Let's jump right in, and he's going to kind of set the stage for us. He can explain this story far better than I can. Well, I mean, I guess the big story is the, the you know, the price uh, going up 1,700% um, uh, over a very, you know, relatively short period of time, and people are, are taking a look at it, wondering why. I guess it's pretty exciting uh, to, to people when they take a look at what I guess they, you know, could have made if only they had invested in it back, uh, I mean, I think it's 52-week low is $2.57, and um yeah, uh, gosh, as of the close, uh, we're, we're talking here, you know, uh, Thursday morning here, the close yesterday, it was uh, 300 and something in pre-market, it was up to about 470. So I can see how that's pretty exciting to uh, sort of individual investors uh, who um, just go, hey, gee whiz, if only I had done that. Um, but uh, I think financial professionals, um, it's a little, it's a little, a uh, little scary, just because um Companies typically trade closer to what their actual uh, valuation is, and uh, I certainly think the the argument could be made that um, uh, GameStop is 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 not worth, or what they call book value is not worth where it's trading at now. Um, so it's probably a very inflated price for for the reasons I think we'll get into here. Um, but when when it starts going down, I think the scary thing for for uh, us as professionals is. Um, the number of people who are going to get hurt because you can certainly make money to the upside. Um, but when it swings the other way, um, somebody is going to get caught holding the bag. And, and the way the market works is it's a, it's a, a zero sum game. So um, for, for someone to make money, someone else has to lose money. So all of these profits on the way up in order for somebody to realize those profits or, you know, buy it and sell, I mean, somebody else had to lose, and I, I do think, you know, the sort of David and Goliath, there's some excitement out there that, you know, hey, gee whiz, the, you know, where's that money coming from? Well, a lot of that's come from these these hedge fund managers because they've had to um, cover um, their, their short sales, and we can get into that. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's a little, I mean, it's kind of exciting. It's also a little disconcerting. Well, and and, and I, I think it makes for an interesting case study. I just want to make sure that we understand it correctly. So can you explain to me how these hedge funds uh, are able to short sell stocks at a profit for them, uh, thus making the stocks available for sale to others? But then if I understand it correctly, these hedge funds have to buy those stocks back at the at the today's value. Do I understand that correctly? Well, that's the, the yeah, that's what they call the the short squeeze, and um, and I'll, I'll just get a, a very general overview uh, here. So, so the idea of shorting um, a stock is um, you're, you're betting that that company's value or the stock buy is going to go down. So you can make money a lot of different ways in the stock market. Um, I think the most traditional way that people understand is if um, you know I have a company that I want to invest in, and today it's trading at ten dollars a share. If I go buy it at $10 a share, I'm betting it goes up. You know, gee whiz, I hope it goes up to $20 a share because then I've doubled my money, essentially. But you can also bet that the value of a stock goes down. Uh, so in other words, if I bought that same stock at $10 a share, but I was betting that um, it was going to go down to $5 a share, I could make money on the way down, essentially 50% in that, in that scenario. So you can bet either way on stocks. And I won't get into all the other things you can do as well because we're really talking about a short. So what these hedge funds have been hedge funds have been doing is making money shorting uh, companies like uh, you know GameStop, and you're starting to hear about AMC and uh, BlackBerry and things like that. And these are and these are making in, money on the short. 
and these are these are businesses that are considered to be uh, maybe an archaic business model in the case of of, of BlackBerry. Uh, you've got more. Uh, being affected kind of like by the, by the market, i.e. AMC theaters and the global pandemic. But, but the, the idea is these are, these are businesses that are not seen uh, as being profitable long-term. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah. So, um, you know, if, if you took a look at um, a sort of big picture here and you said, well, I think that um, that particular company's value is going to go down because they're being very negatively impacted by um, the pandemic then you, you would short it, you know, if you, if you, if you bleed very strongly in that. So, I mean, AMC is a good, a good um, uh, example of that. I mean, nobody's going to the movies, right? So you would, you would bet um, and maybe make the assumption that AMC's movie, excuse me, AMC's numbers aren't going to be that great. And you might be able to make money shorting that stock. And, and so there's a subreddit of kind of folk, folks who monitor things in the market and and, the, and the, the prevailing theory is that, you know, the vast majority of these are, are guys at home that play video games and, and GameStop is an important brick and mortar store for them. And they took the short selling of the stock personally and uh, essentially, uh, you know, fought back, so to speak. Right. I think that's the uh, that's certainly the, the or one of the stories that's out there, uh, I think, because it's um uh, it's a more interesting story, and, and there could be a lot of truth to that. I think after some investigating and, and, and some other things, I, what, what we might find um, is that some of the larger investors um, out there and, and, and you know, potentially some, some professionals have used the platform to um, sort of pretend you know, that they are um, the, the David and the David and Goliath story, um, the, you know, the little guy. And uh, manipulated that uh, into this to make money, you know, on the other way. I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at this. I, I, it, it's um, it, it's a little surprising, but I, I, I do, you know, I'm, I'm very aware of the story you're talking about. You know, the idea is, hey, they're fighting back against the big guy and um, using that uh, platform to basically bid the price up on uh, a position, uh, you know, for example, um, you know, that we're talking about, you know, the AMCs and, and the Blackberries and the GameStops. And it's forcing these hedge fund managers that were shorting the stocks uh, to buy back those shares at a loss. And, and um, so it's very interesting. But the reason the hedge fund managers, one thing we didn't talk about, the reason they would be very concerned is um, when you buy a stock for $10 a share and you're betting that it goes up, the most you could lose is the $10 you invested. Because that was your original investment, and if that company goes out of business, goes to zero, you lost your ten dollars per share. When you short a stock, your losses are unlimited. So you could have paid, you know, the same ten dollars to short the stock. Um, there's there's a lot of other things we can get into, naked shorts and stuff like that. But you, when you short a stock, there's no maximum price the stock can go to, right? The, the maximum value is infinity, theoretically. And so you can lose way more than you've invested shorting stocks. And so that's why they, these uh, hedge fund managers that have shorted, they have to go ahead and buy the shares back at a loss because their potential loss is unlimited. They could literally go out of business. And what do you say to people who, who look at this story and say, you know, for once, the hedge fund managers that have been gaming the system for decades for their own financial benefit 
are now on the other side of this. And you've got non-conventional investors, we'll say, profiting on a niche stock at the expense of the power players on Wall Street. Well, I think that, uh, you know, certainly it, 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 it plays to, um, you know, the idea that, that, that Wall Street's benefiting uh, and Main Street isn't typically, and that uh, hedge fund managers, um, you know, are, are manipulating things to make more money. I think that, um, you know, this, this isn't the first time um, we've ever seen um, a short squeeze on things. It, it's played out, you know, historically in different ways. But, um, you know, I, 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 uh, I think that uh, it, it's entirely possible that um, individuals, you know, smaller investors have used this platform to create this situation. Um, but I also think it's likely that it wasn't just um, smaller investors uh, creating this scenario. And we may very well find out that, you know, some professionals or some other hedge fund managers actually sort of helped create the situation and, and Wall Street still benefited from it. But, um, you know, I, I, uh, the hedge fund managers are, uh, you know, they're professionals. I mean, they know what they're getting themselves into. Um, and they should know very well that uh, as easy as they could make a lot of money, they could lose a lot of money. And so, you know, personally, I hope um, hope the little guys uh, benefiting from this. Well, I was I'll I'll save my question about whose side are you on till the end of our conversation. But I think there's a new wrinkle today where we've got these different trading platforms, Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, who are now restricting trade of certain stocks. Uh, as a capitalist at heart, that seems to me to kind of contradict the principles of free market economy. Is that correct? Yeah, it certainly does. And there's, I think we'll be arguing over this for a while. Um, I, you know, I just being a part of the financial services industry and understanding how things work. Um, I have a little bit different perspective, I guess, on them, on them halting it. Um, and I think it'll probably play out, uh, at least hope it plays out in the individual uh, investors favor. Um, but the, these firms, so for example, you know, you're, you're talking about Robinhood. So they're in the news for halting, um, the, the trading on, uh, some of these positions. So let's use GameStop as an example. And so right now, um, unless things have changed, you know, uh, here, and I haven't heard about it, you can no longer buy, uh, or purchase GameStop on that platform. You can sell it on the platform. Um, now, the reason that uh, I think what we would find is the reason that a company like Robinhood uh, would want to halt the trading is the attorneys for that company are probably going uh, nuts right now and calling them up and going, listen, if you allow people to trade on the platform with all of this craziness and somebody winds up losing their life savings or lose their house or lose this or lose that because it's been bid up so high, so fast. And if you become a part of that euphoria and buy into it, and then, you know, it just absolutely tanks and you lose hundred um, percent or more of what you put in it, that becomes a real problem from a legal standpoint. And what somebody would eventually turn around and do is say, well, Hey, listen, why didn't you put any safeguards in place to keep me from being able to um, invest in that? Um, you know, typically things like shorts and, and this type of trading, um, there would be some um, restrictions to where you would need to be what's called a qualified investor. 
um, you know, just, just, just things like an institutional investor, things like that. So um, I don't personally think, and I realize, you know, if, if you're in that situation, you really want to get in there, you feel like you're really being um, uh, pushed out of a situation and manipulated. Um, but I would look at our legal system and an individual's ability to sue somebody for just about anything, including, well, hey, listen, I decided to buy it and then I lost all my money. And you know what, Robin Hood, it's your fault that you didn't keep me from doing it. I, I, I personally believe that that's what they're the most concerned about, um, not keeping people from you know, making money. So whose side are you on in this? Well, I, listen, I, I own a private wealth management firm. We're fiduciaries, fee-based advisors. So um, we, we only do well when our clients do well. So we're, we're always on, you know, our client side and, you know, we don't, we aren't working with, uh, I mean, I don't run a hedge fund. Um, we get, we do better when our clients do better. So I'm always on the individual side, but also because I live in this world, um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of easy for me to be practical about things. Um, you know, uh, clients have called and asked me questions about this and, um, you know, personally, we, we watch markets obviously every day and it's, it's, it's pretty wild. So, um, you know, any, anytime you have the ability to make over a hundred percent a day, you know, for several days, uh, in a, in a position as an investor, you need to be willing to lose, uh, a hundred percent, uh, on that investment. And so, um, I, you know, I think overall, um, it's a great story. It's a fun thing to talk about. Um, but, but for, for, for most investors, um, and particularly people we talk to that are, you know, working with um, their retirement accounts and they want to make sure their money's protected and growing. Um, probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I think you could have some fun with it. And, you know, I've talked to several people that are having a little bit of fun, you know, but they aren't putting their life savings into this situation um, because, frankly, as, as fast as it goes up, you know, can also come down just as fast. That's what I was just going to say. Uh, you know, predicting the future is a function of your job. And just in the 15 minutes that you and I have been talking, I've been watching the GameStop stock. And when we started this conversation, it was at $177 a share. It got up to as much as $228 a share. Now it's down to 208 Obviously, the fundamentals of GameStop haven't changed, despite the price of the stock. The fundamentals of GameStop would still give a lot of investors pause, where do you see this ultimately going? Well, I think, you know, it'll, it'll eventually get bid up. Um, I, I, I would guess it's kind of a flash in the pan. Eventually, um, it, it, one thing that we know about the market is over time, it, it, it always finds the right valuation. So it can get bid up in situations like this with a short squeeze. But to your point, it's, it will eventually come back to the fundamentals. And if, and if fundamentally it's supposed to be $20 a share, um, $200 a share is way too expensive. Uh, and eventually it'll find that price point again. So um, you just got to be real careful. Do you think we could see something like this in the future with another niche stock? Uh, well, you know, I think people, this surprised uh, certainly investors and markets. Um, so it, we've got kind of a, uh, a unique situation in the sense that it's not that it couldn't happen again, but um, I think people would be a little more um, prepared for it. And that preparation um, could certainly uh, prohibit it from being quite as volatile in the future. But why would you want to remove volatility from the stock market? Isn't that what makes the stock market exciting? Isn't that what makes the casino worth going and throwing your money into? I know we'd all like a much less volatile stock market, but if you can figure out how to make the stock market less volatile, 
probably figure out how to make a lot of money in it as well. So, And if you do, share those tips with me, daryl.moody at cmg.com. A little bit of housekeeping. I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, I talk about this every now and then when they share the numbers with me, and I, and I got to see the numbers for December. And we had 13,000 different e-listens, I think is what we call them, you know, individual podcasts that were listened to. You don't have to necessarily download them. You can stream them. But uh, that's significant. I mean, three months ago, we were at 5,000 e-listens a month. So, again, I, I would not have any of this without you guys. And, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for a listening to the podcast, b listening again, and c sharing with your friends. I mean, if you like what we're doing here, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, I think if you listen on a regular basis, you know that I don't post on the same day. I know that's like podcasting one one. You're supposed to, you know, make sure that you upload your shows on the same day every day. But you know. Because of my job as a reporter, you know, for example, the conversation that I had with Mike Lester, that landed, you know, that story landed in my lap yesterday and, you know, I had to scramble to find somebody. So I don't always put podcasts out on the same day. So it's really important to subscribe. More important, uh, I want to say thank you for listening, for sharing, for coming back and believing in me, believing in this podcast. You know, as if you've listened to enough episodes, you know, I'm all over the place. I, I, you know, I talk about lifestyle stuff like raising your kids. I talk about events in the news, like the, like the Capitol riots. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about legalizing pot. We're all over the place. And I love that. I love that Cox Media Group allows me to kind of be myself in this arena, which is very different from my job as a reporter, which is one of the things that I love about this. So anyway, I'm kind of rambling on. Thank you guys for listening. Please continue to listen. Subscribe so that you'll get those new episodes as soon as they come out. And I'll have more for you next week. Oh,